The following audio-supported podcast is intended for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended as medical advice. Please speak with your healthcare professional before making any treatment decisions. The guests on today's show were paid to participate in this podcast. Welcome to Thalpals, the Alpha Beta Revolution. Whether you are a thalassemia patient, a caregiver, a partner, or provider, this podcast is meant for you. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Kuo, and on each episode, Valpals, the Alpha Beta Revolution, will strive to provide listeners with critical education, the latest scientific updates, and voices from the greater global community of people who are impacted by thalassemia. I'm joined today by my co-host, Larice Levine. Hello, Larice. Welcome back to Valpals. Hello, Dr. Kuo. Larice, you have an opportunity to interview two special members of the thalassemia community. Larice, why don't you introduce them for us? I'm honored to introduce Marula and her daughter Dina from Abrasta, the Thalassemia Foundation in Brazil. And now the interview. Good afternoon. Today I have the honor and the privilege of interviewing Marula and Dina from Abrasta in Brazil. I have known about Marula for decades as a fellow patient, and her reputation precedes her. And I've always wanted to meet in person because, Marula, you have inspired me for so long. And I remember several years ago, Dr. Coates from Children's LA came back from a meeting and said, you must meet Marula. She's so inspiring. And you don't often hear doctors say that about patients. And he was just blown away by your achievements and also your warmth and kindness. So we reached out and we were emailing, but I I feel like today I'm sitting among the stars and I am so honored to be able to talk to you. So I want to thank you so much for sharing today, as well as Dina being by your mom's side. Marula, would you share a little bit about your diagnosis and your journey with thalassemia with us. Hello, I am Erula. I live in Brazil. I am 55 year old and was born with thalassemia major. Hi, I'm Dina. I'm one of the kids of Merula. I'm 24 years old. Thank you, Larissa, for the invitation. We are very glad and honored to be here. Loris, thank you for the sweet introduction. It's a pleasure and really very thankful for your words. We are a very small thalassemia community worldwide and mainly older patients like us. So our life, we always not inspired one the other. So we were searching for stories, for people to learn how they're doing so we could also have our power to proceed. I always had a very intense life and very fulfilled all my dreams. So you ask me how it started. In 1966, I was born. Later, a year later, a second brother, and a year later, my mom was pregnant again. 
So in a country she didn't know well, with two babies, one me, giving trouble, always sick, going to the hospital, trying to find out what was wrong, they decided to spend some holidays in Greece with the family to give support to the pregnant mom. And the first time in Greece that I had fever and went to the hospital to find out what was wrong, immediately they diagnosed thalassemia major because in that country it was very well known the disease at that time. But what they told my parents was, do not get too attached to your daughter because she will not live over five years of age. And we give you the advice to make abortion of the baby because the chance of having thalassemia is 25% again. And my parents, they were very religious, so they decided to continue the pregnancy. And my dad is a man very, very, very powerful and positive. So he said, Merula is giving us a lot of joy and happiness, and let's just keep the cries, the tears, for the funeral. And let's do our efforts to offer her a good life while she's alive. So, my dad was always searching for news, what was news, and together with the doctors, deciding for my treatment. At that time, blood donation, when they came back to Brazil, because we moved back to Brazil after the holidays, blood donation in Brazil was paid. And so people that donated were mainly drug addicted and homeless people that were looking for the payment for the blood. So the quality was not very good. I don't know if you have had blood at that time, Maurice, with the bottle jars. So the donor was giving blood in the bottle, just few tests, just to see what blood type was, and then directly to the patient. So we were having a lot of reactions. Every blood transfusion was like cold or fever or itching. But my dad observed that when I was having blood, I was very strong and very active. And when I was not, I was with hemoglobin low. I was just sleeping and in the coach. So despite the doctors recommended very few blood, my dad wanted me to have a lot of blood and this helped me. When I was seven year old, we moved to Greece 
because then he knew in Greece they would have a better treatment. And they were starting the tests in London for death So he trained in a potato, the injection, and he said, okay, I am capable now to give you injection in the butt. Turn around, pa. And I, you know, every night I said, Dad, wait, let's count together. One, two, and before three, he was already eating. I said, Dad, you have to wait for me to count. <laughs> ah, okay, let's do it tomorrow again. How did your mom handle thalassemia? My mom is a typical Greek mom. <laughs> she is Spartanian. She was supposed to be courageous, but she was always crying. She had a pity of me when I was having reactions of blood. She was asking me to run away from my dad, not to have the injection, because she said, you are suffering so much now with this crazy injection every night. So my mom, she is incredible, but she was very protective, and I was always very independent. And it's really hard to have a sick child as well. And in Greek traditions, these diseases that are genetics, sometimes they are considered as a suffer for the parents. So the church says that the parents have to suffer. That's why the kid is sick. So she was a little bit ashamed as well, telling everyone the story that my mom was sick and that she has thalassemia. So she was always hiding from her family and friends, the conditions of my mom. So it was really solitary for her as well. Your siblings, were they unaffected by thalassemia? Yes. So both of them, at the end, the one that they wanted to abort, does not even have the stigma. He got the two health genes. So the two brothers, they were protective, We fight and they rot us, sister and brothers. <laughs> and still today, we have a good relationship. Agios is a biopharmaceutical company that's fueled by connections with patient communities, healthcare professionals, partners, and each other. Building on these connections and the company's unmatched leadership in the field of cellular metabolism, Agios is pioneering therapies of genetically defined diseases, a broad group of rare and more common diseases that are typically severe and life-threatening. Near-term, Agios is focusing on hemolytic and acquired anemias, including thalassemia, pyruvate kinase, or PK deficiency, and sickle cell disease. To learn more, visit agios.com. That's A-G-I-O-S dot com. Well, thank you on behalf of the patient community for being in those early trials for Desferol, because we know that Desferol is the reason children made it to adulthood. So thank you. I read last night that your goal when you were 18 was to get married and have children. Yes. And so what a phenomenal goal. I'm wondering, and I'm pretty confident that you were told you can't be a mom since you were told that your parents were told you would 
died by the time you were five. And here we are, thanks to science and medicine and research. So could you tell me about your journey into parenthood and marriage? Yes. So, Loris, because my mom, she was always very worried about me. And I was very active in my young teenage and later. I was doing rally, diving, windsurf, even parasail. I was doing. So I was really active. And my mom was, you cannot do that. Your heart will not take it all. Nah? I said, mom, the day I die, died without my will, because I really love life. Nah? So she says, oh, so I was thinking, oh my God, if something happens to me, my mom will not survive. So I must have children so she can, she can have something as a continuation to take care of. And Loris, always in our life, we only have five years in advance in front because the other patients I was meeting, they were maximum five years older. So I did not have Let's say when I was 10, somebody that was 40 nah, to look at, or 20. So I decided I wanted to get married. No, to have children. So my, I was working when I was 18, my company, and I was traveling at a travel agency. So I was organizing trips to Indonesia, to Asia, always exotic destinations, Korea, Japan, South Africa. But I was always visiting New York for negotiating with the hotel chains, with the air companies. So one of my visits to New York, I said, in US, they have association of everything, even of the lost dog. I will call information to find out if they have something for thalassemia. And I called and they said, we have two organizations, one for parents, one for patients. Which one you want? I said, for patients. And so I gave a call on that day and I found out Sophie Shioshilos she was the president, and she is Greek. So I called her and said, hello, Sophie. I am Erula. I am also Greek. I live in Brazil. I have thalassemia, and I want to have dinner with you today. So you can tell me a little bit about the situation of patients in the US. So I said, Sophie, I want to get married. And Sophie was like, eight or nine older than me. So I said, wow, you're old, really old, so good. Because if Sophie's alive, I can be at least 10 years married. I can have children and can talk to my children the first age. So I said, Sophie, 
Do you know people in the U.S. that got married and have children? And she said, Mirula, I don't know any in the U.S. because usually they got married among themselves, patient with patient, because we're always together in the association. So let me go back, a few steps back, when I started searching for my husband. I did a list of what would be the ideal husband, the ideal dad for my children. Because she was always thinking that the husband would have to be mom in a certain moment of life because she wouldn't be here to her kids and maybe like she will be dead yes. when he, her kids were like 10 years old. So the dad should be mom as well. So it was a, a tough task. Yes, I can relate. <laughs> so I had several requirements. And Loris, and so... When I found my husband and we were dating, he was like number 18 of the test for last. I really, when we were dating six months, it was already my record timing. And I knew he was the right guy. Three years later, I went to New York to find out about with Sophie if people had children. So I came back from New York and said, Dennis, I have good news. I will be alive for 10 more years, at least. So let's get married now. And we have children. And what? I said, yes, I am asking you to marry me. He said, why are you in such a hurry? I said, okay. So don't call me because I am moving on. Then he called me a week later. Connie, let's have dinner. I said, what? We don't date anymore. Either we get married or ciao. He said, no ciao. Let's talk about this marriage. So we go out to talk about the marriage. He said, okay, maybe in one year or two. I said, no, in a couple of months. Three months later, we were get, getting married. And by the first year, we already had our first child. But and I will tell you about this that you asked me. What did the doctor said about having child? So I searched for the best gynecologist of Brazil. He told me, Merula, I don't know anything about thalassemia, but I will look all the literature to get prepared. But I recommend you talk to the geneticist to see what he recommends. So I went with Dennis to that geneticist and he said, look, my recommendation is you cannot have children Because if you have children, there will be thalassemia minor. And your grandchild can have thalassemia. So I don't recommend. I said, what? My grandchild have thalassemia? But that time, we don't know how the science will be. I'm just so blown away because the time. I mean, were you the first woman with thalassemia to have to birth your Yes. 
Wow. I don't even know if that happened in the United States at that time. There is. And this was 93 that Daniel was born. And then what happened? I decided one year later, okay, let's go for the second. Then what happened? I was using Desfro, and I know I knew it was positive. I continued for one or two months in the beginning of the pregnancy. And then I was second time pregnant. And I said, let me take a little bit more time to confirm pregnancy before I stop Desfro. I don't know if this was a coincidence, but what happened? My second daughter had anencephalia, so the brain was not well formed. And I found out when I was four months pregnant. And then again, they said, maybe you abort. I said, no, because you know me. And Dennis, we're very spiritualist and we believe in the other life. And I knew this is a challenge that we had to face. So I carry on the pregnancy until the end. She was born with eight months and a half, and I did not tell anybody that the baby had a disorder, just not to hear people say, oh, what a pity. So I just tell my family, and we went on, and then she was born, passed away the same day, and a few months later, I said, let's have the third now. And this time was Dina. Danielle was four years old by that time. And Gina was born beautiful. And it was a big party. The whole family uh, celebrated. The physicians said, now we interrupt. No more pregnancies, Merula. That's enough. Okay, I said, okay. Then, a few months later, when Gina was one and a half years old, I was thinking my plan of having five. I said, let me go to the gynecologist again. I said, look, I am seeing a lot of information about insemination. Now, what news do you have? I want to have an insemination to have more child. He said, what? He said, did you talk to your hematologist? I said, not yet. Did you talk to Dennis? I said, not yet. He said, Merula, you are healthy. You have two healthy children. Please continue your life. Stop about thinking about your plan of having five. I said, okay. So I went back to Dennis and said, Dennis, I was thinking about my plan of having five. Let's not give up. Let's try to adopt some other child. He said, okay, but this, it, it will happen by itself. You don't have to run after that. I said, Dennis, who will put a baby in our front door? But one day I was in the club with my children, Gina and Danielle, in the park. My sister-in-law, she came 
She invited me to go in the hairdresser to make nails. And inside the club, I said, okay, I will keep you company. When I arrived there, it was a lady. She was crying because a girl gave birth to a baby. Because she was feeling responsible. Because the mother wanted to abort the child. And she convinced the mother not to abort because her friend would take the baby. And when the baby was born, she gave up in the same day. So she was crying because she was feeling responsible. So I said, okay, I will have the baby. She said, what? Do you want to go there to see the baby and see how he is? I said, no, it's a boy. She said, yes. I said, it's mine. I was waiting for this boy. She said, okay. Then Daniel came from the park. I said, Daniel, this lady has a baby that can be ours. What do you think? He said, your baby can be my brother. It will be called Roberto. <gasps> and, and then this is the way Roberto came to our life. So he was the fourth. But Loris, the fifth never appeared. So now we have a dog. So now we have this beautiful family of these three beautiful kids. Daniel is 29. Gina, 24. And Roberto, 22. We really learned a lot from the experience. And it was not very painful. It was inspiring for me and Dennis. To see your mom live her life and be a part of it. I want to ask you a little bit about your journey as a daughter of someone touched with thalassemia. At what point did you learn about it? Were you just raised knowing about thalassemia? I want to hear your perspective. My mom, she was really strong, as you've seen by all of her story. She was really strong and really positive. So I knew she had thalassemia and I helped her when I was a child to prepare this round, for example, and help her uh, get her, her pills. And sometimes I went with her to the hospital to get blood transfusions. And we were always there and we played games and talk and have lunch while she was having the blood transfusion. But that was really normal for me because she, she dealt with it as it was normal. My dad dealt with it as it was normal. So for me as a child, that was normal. And that was like who my mom was. And she was really healthy and really positive. So she was really sick, but I didn't realize she was really sick when I was a kid. Sometimes we were in Greece uh, for the holidays and we went to get blood transfusion. And it was like a tourism thing to do, to go to the hospital and take the blood transfusion in Greece. And we enjoyed and had fun. And when I was 18, I think, it was the first time the side effects of the blood transfusion and thalassemia and everything started showing up. And she got massive mass inside of her lungs that occupy more or less four, three-fourths of her lungs now. So that's why she's saying, is 
she's talking a little bit more with space so she can breathe and say at the same time. And we were traveling with the family. We were at our beach house. And one time my dad woke up everyone up and say, we have to leave to Sao Paulo because your mom, she can't breathe and we need to go to the hospital. And then we packed everything and started running to the hospital. And it was really scareful because it is more or less a three hours journey with a car from our beach house to Sao Paulo to go to the hospital. And I was really tense in the moment. And I remember when we got here, she said, oh, let's stop to have a sushi before because I know I'm going to stay for a long time in the hospital. So let's eat something. And when she got there, all the physicians, they were so scared of her state and she, they were like, Medula, why didn't you came earlier? You know, it's really dangerous because your oxygen level in the blood, it's really low and you can have paralysis or something. So you should have came earlier and they were so scared and they put her in a machine that's called BPAP, that kinds of brief for you. So... The mask was on her face, so she couldn't speak. And she started all of the things she wanted to say to the doctors. And they say, okay, let's take her to the, to the intensive care. And she was like, no, I'm not going to the in intensive care because I'm fine. I don't want to have all the rules and I, I want to go to the bathroom and I want to stand up and I want to have a shower <laughs> and in the intensive care. I won't have everything that I want. So no, I'm not going to the intensive care. We went there to visit her and she was with this mask and she couldn't speak and she was only writing. And it was the first time I looked at her and said, whoa, she's really sick. And she, and it was the first time it passed in my thoughts, the possibility of her dying. She stayed in the hospital for almost two months. So it was a long period as well. And I will never forget when my grandma, grandpa arrived, I was like, Papu, that's grandfather in Greek. Aren't you scared that mom could die? And he's like, no, she's 50 years old. When she was diagnosed, they said she could die with five. Now she lived 10 times what they said to me. So I'm really grateful. And if she died, she did everything she wanted. And now we are here six years later and she will, she's alive and she will be for much longer because she loves life and she is so brave and love life and want to be alive. And she helps herself a lot and she is really proactive. She likes to cook. She does yoga every day, yoga classes. So she is like a really active person. That's why she, every time the doctor says something, I don't believe anymore because I know it, she will overcome because she's really strong. As you are too. What a journey. Marula, would you talk about some of the triumphs and lessons learned and as a mom and a person touched by thalassemia? And then, do you know, will you talk about as a daughter, some of the lessons you've learned from having a mom that's such a strong fighter, warrior, amazing individual. Living with thalassemia. 
uh, is a gift, I think, because it makes you realize that life is short, that you must have a purpose, that we must live intensively. So, knowing I could have a short life made me live intensively, travel a lot, did sports, learn languages, dated many guys. She and didn't always... left anything for tomorrow. Yes. Everything she wanted to do, she did. Yeah, so I had a hurry up, you know, because maybe you don't have time. So I was never postponing my dreams. And this is the message for people. Don't complicate it. Don't make it, you do it when you can, when you have time, when you have money. No, do it now. Do it as you can. Also, when you have a condition like that, you are very close to religious values. You start studying why God gives the challenges to us. What is the purpose? So hopefully, I am thinking, I am keeping my promise when I came to return a little bit better than what I came. I'm working intensively in the organization of our team. Now we have 74 employees and 200 volunteers in the blood cancer society together with Abrasta, which is the thalassemia. We have, other than Sao Paulo, 15 chapters. I'm responsible just for fundraising and our team is amazingly doing a good job continuing this work that started 20 years ago, our journey with associations. I learned from my mom was from her attitude, you know, her example. I learned everything. And I think the most valuable lesson is gratitude. And if you can help others, do it. Because it's better to help than to need the help. So help everyone you can and be grateful for our life because we are really blessed. And my friends, they make fun of me every time because everything that's happening, I say, oh, what a, be what a blessing. <laughs> and I say, Gina, we are in huge trouble. And I say, oh, it will be all right. It's a blessing. And we will figure out our way out. It, that's because my mom... She always had this really strong in her. And every time we had a problem, she said that to me, you know, it's a blessing and we will figure everything out. So I think it's a huge blessing to be her daughter and a survivor. I see the world in a different lens and in a different way. And because of this, I think I am more complete and more grateful and more happy. Have you, has your career or volunteer work been affected by being around thalassemia? I read that you volunteered for Abrasta. Dina, could you tell me a little bit more about 
your work and your volunteer work for thalassemia? And- My mom started working in a breast and found a brawly when I was only four years old. So since I remember myself, I was always working and volunteering in, nice. in, in the campaigns and going with trips to help in the conferences and doing the vacations in school. I used to go to the office and help there as well. So since I know myself, my dream was to be a part of a rally and a Brasta and start working there. And when I graduated from school and entered university, my first goal was to start doing an internship in Abrasta. And I started in the first year when I was 18 and I stayed there for two years and a half and be a volunteer in marketing and also fundraising. And now, six years later, I'm in the financial market. But I'm still helping a lot in Abrali. So I was really active, although I wasn't in the in Abrali. And many times here at home, I help my mom as well. We live together. So at lunch and in, in dinner, we discuss a lot of things of how can we help more the patients of Brazil and... Uh, This is really my life purpose. Even though I'm not inside the NGO anymore, I'm really connected and I um, hope that I can help during my whole life. I I think I will never (laughs) cut the curtain between me and Abrasta. Eh, Norris, a team, loves Gina. So they always come to her when they have a trouble to try to find volunteers, to have some solution, to help them. And also, she supports with international fundraising. Inside the banks, she started campaigning to organize volunteer work. So she's promoting that the bank has to support social initiatives. I think she is a very strong human being. Like as well, I'm very proud. Mm. And I'm sure she got the best of me (laughs) and will be more than her mom in achievements. The bond you share, I can feel like through the screen and you mentioned you want to leave the world a little bit better than you found it or came into, but the difference you've made, not only Marula with the work you've done and the life you've lived, but your daughter and the legacy you've left with her and the qualities that she embraces is immense. It's not only a little bit, it's life changing for so many. And it's, so beautiful that you want to give back and that service is so important. And you've not only said it, but you've been a role model. So it's amazing. I I know that a lot of patients struggle with, should I be a parent? Will I be around? And if you were to give patients advice on, should they become parents? What would you say? 
Do not postpone your dream. Try to be healthy. Do your treatment as best as you can. And do not postpone the dream, anything but your dream. Travel, eat, do sports, have children, whatever your dream is, you can do it. There is no barrier because you are thalassemia. This is an excuse, not a barrier. Nothing, nothing, nothing kept me from doing anything that I wanted because I had thalassemia. Just now, now I have this masses. It's called, help me, Loris. Hematopoiesis, extramedullary hematopoiesis. Yes, extramedullary hematopoiesis. And unfortunately, this extramedullary helped happen around the lung. Because of that, my lung is not have space to expand. And also, I only have 20% of lung capacity. But I am grateful that I have 20 because I still can do many things. Yes. And, and unfortunately, I cannot travel, travel anymore. And have many limitations. You were to talk to other children who have parents living with thalassemia, would you have any words of wisdom or advice to share with them as they navigate that? Yes, I think the lesson is to be grateful and help as you can because sometimes it's hard and now it's harder, I think, because she has some limitations and I have to help her more, but is a blessing to have her in my life. So it's a blessing to be able to help as well. I think the thing is to be patient and to be there to each other. And if the son or daughter can go with their parents to the blood transfusion and try to make hard moment a little bit funnier and softer, it will help a lot. Me and my mom, we often go to the hospital to get blood transfusion and we sometimes order Japanese food and eat sushi while she's getting blood transfusion and we talk a lot and we sometimes do our nails while she's in the blood transfusion and I share a lot of my life with her and I ask for a lot of advice and try to learn the best that I can and as she said, she doesn't have more than five years perspective. And this makes our relationship stronger because she doesn't leave anything for tomorrow. And I don't leave nothing that concerns our relationship for tomorrow. So if I want to hug her and kiss her and say I love you and give her presents and be there for her, I won't leave it for tomorrow. Wisdom, kindness, love. This has definitely been one of the most incredible conversations I've ever had in my life, both as a fellow thalassemic and a mom and a person. I'm so grateful that you 
were able to share your journeys and your love for each other with all of us. It's truly an honor and I'm so grateful to be in touch and I, I wish you continued happiness and health and all the dreams in the world coming true for two of the brightest stars I have ever met. I hope you can feel my love and admiration from here. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. It was an honor. And let's keep in touch. Larise. Thank, thank you, you. Larise. And thank you, everyone, Gina. for listening the podcast. And if you like it, share with your friends our story. And if you want to help Talasimia patients and you are in Brazil, you can access our website that is abrasta.org.br and participate, engage in our volunteering campaigns and also donate. And if you can donate blood, because my mom, for example, she takes two blood transfusions for each week. So eight persons donated blood for her during one month. So it's really important to donate blood. So again, thank you so much for sharing your journey and just for all of the difference you've made in thalassemia and not only in Brazil, but globally. You're both incredible and inspiring. And do you want to share a message in Portuguese for your community? That would be beautiful. Quero agradecer também todos os médicos, profissionais da saúde, pacientes no Brasil que apoiaram e continuam apoiando o nosso trabalho e fazendo o possível que a ajuda dos nossos projetos chegue aos pacientes que precisam. Continuamos precisando da colaboração de todos né, e fomentando que cada vez mais exista essa colaboração para o aprimoramento dos desfechos dos tratamentos, tanto da talassemia como das doenças oncohematológicas no Brasil. Então, se você reconhece, continue por perto, precisamos da sua ajuda. Se não conhece, venha conhecer mais de de perto as iniciativas da Brale e da Brasta e será um prazer construirmos essa mudança juntos. Quero agradecer à equipe da Aios pelo convite de estarmos aqui e eu estou aqui com a minha filha Dina também. Boa. Acho que minha mãe passou todo o recado. É, contem com a gente para os pacientes que estão aí nos ouvindo, é, a Bralha e a Brasta estão aqui por vocês, tudo que vocês precisarem podem contar com a gente, e venham ajudar, venham estar mais perto, a gente precisa muito de voluntários e doadores, e dois sangue se você puder, quem sabe você pode ser um dos doadores de sangue para minha mãe também, então é muito importante também é, essa doação, é, de sangue, então se você pode doar sangue, 
vá no centro mais perto da sua casa e doe. Você pode doar a cada três meses e vai salvar a vida de alguém, de quatro pessoas. Cada doação de sangue salva a vida de quatro pessoas. Então, você pode fazer a diferença. E poder ajudar é um privilégio, né? Agora, escolher ajudar é uma benção. Não deixe para depois. Se você pode, participe. Thank you both with all my heart and soul. I appreciate you both so much. It's been a wonderful, beautiful conversation. Thank you for sharing your journeys. That's all for today's episode. Again, I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Kuo. And I'm Larisse Levine. And I'd like to personally thank you for listening to Thou Pals, the Alpha Beta Revolution. Don't forget to hit the follow button on your favorite podcast app so that you don't miss an episode. Share the show with members of the Thalassemia community. ThalPals, the Alpha Beta Revolution, is made possible by Agios Pharmaceuticals Inc. Visit agios.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.